Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Blog Talk Radio. This is the Body of Christ Church, inviting you to our virtual living room where we discuss today's issues and how those issues relate to the Holy Scriptures. So sit back, relax, and engage in conversation with us. I am Josiah, and welcome to our virtual living room, where we examine recent events and other topics as they pertain to the Holy Scriptures. We give all praises to the Most High in Christ, and we give thanks for God's generous mercy, grace, and forgiveness. At this point, just like to uh, give you a reminder that the chat room is open and available for your comments or questions. Today's topic is Happy New Year's Day. Yeah, that's right. It's a question. It's a question because many things that go on in our lives we don't question. We go along with it without questioning anything, and we end up doing things without having proper understanding. So we're going to explore Happy New Year's Day today. Why are you doing this? Why do you attend the parties? Why do you have to attend a party? Why is New Year's Day, why does it come in at midnight? Why the fireworks? Why do some people go to church at midnight to bring the New Year in? Why is there an apple drop in New York, a peach drop in Atlanta? Why does New Year take place in the middle of winter? Why does it take place in January? Have you ever asked yourself those questions? Now, when other questions like this have has arisen in a virtual living room, you pretty much found out that the root of it was some form of idolatry. So with me in the virtual living room today to discuss this very important topic, I have first off our brother Kazakia. Hey, shalom to the brothers on the panel, shalom to the hosts, shalom to the listeners, giving all praises to the Heavenly Father and the Son, Christ, and definitely... Uh, Thankful and appreciative to the Lord in Christ to uh, for for the opportunity to participate in another show. And also sitting here with us in the virtual living room, we have our brother Abaja. Hey, shalom to everyone. It's good to be here, and maybe we get some wisdom and understanding and edification through the scriptures. And we also have with us uh, our dear brother Yawanathan in the virtual living room. Yes. Uh, good afternoon to all. In the name of Jesus Christ, that's all. All right, brothers, I guess, you know, the first thing, you know, surrounding this whole New Year's thing, I want to ask you, brothers, a question, uh, one question. Have you already made your New Year's re- resolutions? Nope. No. And will not. You're not going to make New Year's resolutions? No. Nope. Why not? Well, uh, first and foremost, and as the as the uh, conversation progresses, we're going to deal with these things in the scriptures. But first and foremost, the new year does not stop does not start. Excuse me, January the first. Secondly, uh, Christ told us, and brothers, wait a minute. Bear before, with me. before you Christ go any further, because uh, I can I just stop you just just for a second before you go any further. 
You yes, said sir. the new year does not begin January 1st. Now, you know that sounds like a lot of foolishness to a lot of people. Okay. Because, I mean, they just, I mean, the world, basically, just finished a couple of days ago observing New Year's at the stroke of midnight Friday night. And you're going to say right. it don't start January 1st? No, sir, it does not. Not according to the Bible. Not according okay. to the Bible. Matter of fact. All right, so you say. No, I apologize. Go right ahead, brother. You say we're going to get into that in a, in a little bit then? More than likely we will. Matter of fact. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. Because I was pulling up information uh, about it. We'll, we'll go through all. We'll, 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 all that will come out in today's conversation. Okay. I'm looking forward to that one. Yes, sir. But right. the second reason, uh-huh. uh, as far as to answer your question, as far as New Year's resolution is concerned, Christ in the scriptures told us, swear not. Now, brothers, please help me where that scripture help me to find that scripture, but he told us swear not. So we, we we're not supposed to make any types of vows or oaths or anything of that nature. Um Christ told us let your yea be yea and your nay nay. And that's it. So as far as basically New Year's and New Year's resolution, those aren't scriptural. But would a New Year resolution be swearing, though? Uh, would that just be saying, you know, man, I, I just you just set a goal? There's nothing wrong with goal setting, is there? There is, there is nothing wrong with setting a goal. Um, okay. Isn't that, with, with, oh, I'm listening. Isn't that pretty much what a New Year's resolution is? It's just you setting a goal for yourself to, to to accomplish something during the course of the year. It's a little bit it's a little bit deeper and a little bit stronger than that for some people. Thank you, brother. Okay. I appreciate that. Um, James I'd like as well. to read the scripture just right quick if I could As far as Christ said uh, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 34 And this is what I was trying to get to Where Christ said it uh, Starting at verse 33 Again ye have heard That it hath been said by them of old time Thou shalt not forswear thyself But thou shalt perform unto the Lord thine oath Verse 34 is the point But I say unto you Swear not at all Neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the, of the excuse me, for it is the city of the great king, neither shalt thou swear by thy head, because thou canst not make one hair white or black. But let your communication be yea, yea, nay, nay, for whatever for whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. So the point of the matter is, as far as New Year's resolutions and things of that, things of that nature, there are a lot of people who who, who take who, who who take that on as an actual oath, or they swear that I'm going to do uh, this, 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 I swear by this, 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 so forth and so on. When Christ okay. said, "Don't do that," getting back to the point, okay. the root January first is not the beginning of the new year according to the Bible. But as this our conversation progresses, we're going to get into those things. Okay, so so then the whole thing about the swearing is that some people actually do take it as an oath, and as they're basically swearing that they are going to accomplish these things during the course of the year, and that's that's their meaning for the resolution. Whereas maybe someone else, it's like a mere goal. If they do it, fine. If they don't do it, big deal. Pretty much that. Okay. 
right. Well, what about you, brothers? Uh, Baji, you want to talk? You know, what's up with you guys, uh, you know, brothers not doing the uh, New Year's resolution thing? Yeah, I fall in the same category as the brother Azaz um, just mentioned. Um, now, I'm not going to do any, if anything, if it's the Lord's will, I, w- I would say, you know, this or that. But make goals for myself, yeah, but, you know, if it's the Lord's will, I accomplish it. And if not, I don't accomplish it. That way I won't forswear, go into swearing and carrying on. Okay. So wh- wh- why is it then that uh, the the new year takes place when it does? And and I know, you know, Kazaki, you said that, you know, according to the Bible, that is not the new year. Well, if it's not the new year, then why is it taking place at that time? Why, is it, why, is, why did the new year take place uh, a couple of days ago, Friday night? For most of the world, I'd probably say probably three-quarters of the world, I would guess. Okay, well... Right about now, um, what this world, the majority, if not all of the world, currently follows uh, a solar calendar, or excuse me, not solar calendar, a Julian calendar, whereas the Heavenly Father, he bases his time and his seasons upon a lunar calendar. And uh, when you read about the new moons and things of that nature, all of that is, is in reference and allusion to the Heavenly Father, uh, how he orchestrated things. Man, and his very finite wisdom, if you choose to call it, takes it upon himself to alter times and change times and dates and things of that nature to suit uh, to suit his will. Uh, I would also, if I could, like to read <clears throat> like to read this particular excerpt from Wikipedia. It says. New Year's Day is observed on January 1st, the first day of the year on the modern Gregorian calendar, as well as the Julian calendar used in ancient Rome. With most countries using the Gregorian calendar as their main calendar, New Year's Day is the closest thing to being the world's truly global public holiday, often celebrated with fireworks at the stroke of midnight as New Year starts January, excuse me, as New Year starts. January 1st, on the Julian calendar, named, of course, after Julius Caesar, corresponds to January 14th on the Gregorian calendar. And it is on that date that followers of some of the Eastern Orthodox churches celebrate the new year. But at the, but the point of the matter is, the information is out there that this is what man has done as far as changing times and dates and things of that nature. Now, what I would like to do, if at all possible, brothers, please bear with me. This is Exodus chapter 12, and I'm just going to go straight to the point. Exodus chapter chapter 12, verses 1 and verses 2, verses 1 and 2. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. I will also like to read verse 3. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. So the point of the matter is the Heavenly Father has already established when the true new year comes in, and it does not come in on the 1st of January. 
Okay. okay. Now I, I I see what you're saying to this point, but 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 now you you have people that they go on out and they are actually trying to make certain that they got lined up some type of party activity, and um, they're gonna you know want to watch fireworks and they might even be in church you know but they are actually observing uh, the stroke of midnight, uh, 12:01 a.m. Uh, January 1st as the new year. Now just that by itself, is there anything sinful or wrong with doing that? Just observing that date and, and, and understanding this is a new year? Okay. The Heavenly Father has already established uh, the seasons and festivals and things of that nature in the Bible. And at the, at, to, to answer that question, you will find the high holy days of the Heavenly Father, the true holidays of the Lord, in Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. The majority of them, at least, in Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. Now, in saying that, what I'm trying to say is this concretely. You will not find in the Bible where the Lord established or where the Lord says, ye shall celebrate the, uh, uh, the new year according to my will, so forth and so on. Or, or it doesn't matter how you try to word it. You will not find where the Heavenly Father mandated or established that we celebrate uh, the coming of the new year. Okay. Right. So, so I would like to refer back to Exodus, the 12th chapter, because there's a very important point that I would like to touch on. And it was, okay. in, verse, it was in verse 3 where it says, Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. So in verse 2, the Heavenly Father established that this month shall be the beginning of a month. In other words, this month shall be the beginning of your new year, the beginning of your months, okay? In verse 3, the Heavenly Father is now saying, prepare yourself a lamb, every man his house, for a lamb. So now, what, what the Lord is getting ready, with, uh, what, what the Lord was preparing us for, excuse me, was the Passover, because 14 days after the new year is the Passover. Now, the new year comes, according to the new moon, of course, sometime March, April, the springtime. We are still in the dead of winter. So how is it that people are celebrating uh, January 1st as the new year when we're still in winter when, according to the Bible, the new year actually comes in the springtime and 14 days after the new year, according to the Lord, is the Passover? Well, could it could it be somehow then that maybe um, that's kind of arbitrary as to whether you look at the new year as being in the springtime, and and you can kind of decide on your own, you know, like Julius Caesar did, you know, a couple of millennia ago, he decided uh, to change the calendar and to use the solar calendar. That's okay, isn't it? Let's see. This is a prophecy, and brothers, <clears throat> by all means, help me out with this one. But in the book of Daniel. Chapter 7, as far as, you know, persons changing the calendars and things of that nature, in uh, Daniel chapter 7 and verse 25, it reads, And he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and, and here's the point, and think to change times and laws, and they shall be given, <laughs> excuse me, and they shall be given into his hand until the time and times and dividing of times. Now, the reason why I uh, read the scripture was because of the fact that this was a prophecy of what was going to happen 
under certain rulers throughout world history in which now you've got persons saying, okay, I want to establish the 1st of January as the new year, so forth and so on. That is not according to the scriptures. The Heavenly Father never mandated uh, that, uh, the, uh, that, that, t- that times be changed and things of that nature. His time scale has always been consistent according to the phases of the moon. However, because of the fact that this was a prophecy of the wickedness of man and of the different rulers that were coming to power, this has happened. So I would also like to read uh, this particular snippet of information still from Wikipedia.com. <clears throat> Janus. In Roman mythology, Janus is the god of gates, doors, Doorways, beginnings, endings, and time. His most prominent remnant in modern culture is his name, Saint, the month of January, which begins the new year. Most often, he is depicted as having two heads facing opposite directions. One head looks back at the last year, while the other looks forward to the new year, simultaneously into the future and the past. So when our people are celebrating January 1st, as the new year, they are in actuality committing idolatry. And the Lord tells us in Exodus, the 20th chapter, and verse 3, I'll start at verse 1, and God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, excuse me, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. So the heavenly Father very explicitly outlined it for us, our people, in the book of Exodus, chapter 20, and verse 1 through verse 3, that we are not to celebrate, serve, worship any other gods other than the Heavenly Father. Because when our people do that, it's called idolatry. And a lot of our people, well, let me say it this way. Some of our people know exactly what they're doing on January the 1st as far as the worship of other gods. Some of our people do not know. Nonetheless, the point of the matter is, when our people go out and celebrate these false holidays dedicated to these, to, to these gods, false gods, which there aren't any, then they are committing idolatry, and they have to repent from that and begin to follow the teachings and the example of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Okay, so so what you're bringing out here then is that according to the scriptures that you read and according to the reference from Wikipedia about uh, Janus in January, that when people are observing January 1st and all the whole celebration and everything, this is in, wor- in, in worship of Janus. Exactly, whether they know it or not. Wow. That's That's pretty deep. And then look, look, brothers, if y'all don't mind, look at some of the things that go on at the turn of a quote-unquote new year. You've got fornication going on with our people in the clubs. You've got adultery going on as well as idolatry. And for those of our people that are in the church, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, uh, December 31st, 1158, uh, 1158 p.m. going into the new year, where is that in the scriptures? So now the overall point is this. All of our actions, all of our deeds have to be outlined and be in line according to the say of the Lord in the Bible, the say of Christ and his teachings and his example. If it's not according to that, 
then we have to repent from those things that we do and make sure that our thoughts, actions, deeds, and words are in line with what the Lord has uh, or outlined for us in the Scriptures. You want to thank, you remember um, last year here in Atlanta, um, um, I think it was last year, there was, a, I think, a four-year-old kid that was in church uh, for one of those uh, New Year's observances, and at right around midnight, someone was firing weapons, and uh, the bullet happened to go through the ceiling of the church and strike the kid in the head and kill him. Yeah, I remember that story. It was that little African kid, yeah. Is, could 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 it be that that happened because, you know, he was just really in a place where he should not have been? For all things, the scriptures tell you not even a, a sparrow falls to the, God, to the ground unless the Most High sanction it, meaning everything happens by the by the will of the Heavenly Father. So the only thing I can say according to that, according to the scriptures, that was the Most High's will. Even though okay. it, it was tragic and sad, I'm not up there in the council of the Most High. That, that's all I can say on that, you know. So now, Abaja, those people that were in that church that night, were they worshiping Janice? Well, when you look at that uh, that whole tradition of New Year's, it's a couple of things that actually goes, you know, that kind of it touches on because uh, the whole thing about Wash Night, um, it goes. I mean, most Black people, quote unquote, African Americans, may typically associate that. The ones that know of it may typically associate that with um, when the Emancipation Proclamation went into act back in 1863. Um, that's basically what happened. You know, that's when "quote unquote" slaves were legally made free in the states that were going to abide by that, and they weren't rebelling against the Union. But you had that. That's basically when that law went into effect that Abraham Lincoln had had signed. And what happened was you had a lot of the slaves that gathered together you know, in the churches with abolitionists and things like that. And, you know, that's, that's that's part of the reason why, you know, the whole thing of that watch night came about. But really that goes back to, you know, not to get into too much detail about it because this information is available, you know, out there on the Internet. But um, basically it just goes, it goes back to, you know, what people were dealing with back in ancient Germany, not ancient Germany, but uh, back during the 17th, you know, the 17, early 1700s. Um, where they were basically gathering together to rededicate themselves, so-called, you know, to to Christ. And that was, you know, adopted a few years later by John Wesley um, in the Methodist Church where they started the whole thing with the watch night. But you had stuff like that and different other traditions that eventually came out of so-called New Year's because, you know, when you look at that whole celebration, just like many of the other pagan celebrations, that have been incorporated into the Christian church. You know, you had the whole thing of the the rioting, the uh, orgies, the wild parties, and the drinking and things like that. Because I actually did a little bit more research on it and uh, found out that even in the Catholic church, what they did as far as calling, uh, how they observed the whole thing dealing with New Year's was the, the quote-unquote circumcision of Jesus Christ. Because it's basically it's very closely tied to Christmas, where they would. Hold on a second. Did you say the, the circumcision of Jesus Christ, which Jesus was a Jew, which meant the circumcision took days eight days after he was born? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Are you saying this is tied to New Year's? 
Yes. Well, in the Catholic churches, they observe that on New Year's Day as well. Just just bringing out that there's oh, many other okay. things that that they go, you know, that people go into. Because December twenty fifth is his birthday. Allegedly, that's right. what they've adopted. Okay. But okay. you know, there's, there's been many other shows that went that go into showing that our Lord was not born on December twenty fifth, but actually Christmas is a tie-in to you know the pagan gods of the of the other nations or the heathen, as the scriptures refer to them. But the thing is, is that when you read the scriptures. It, it tells, like you know, like was brought out earlier. The scriptures tells us the Most High gave us gave us the days that we're supposed to observe to honor Him. When you go into the Passover, when you go into the Feast of Tabernacles, when you go into the Feast of Dedication, when you got the um, the days the uh, Feast of First Fruits, the Day of Atonement, all of those things have a significance. And when you actually read into the Book of Hebrews, it tells you about. Because all of those days, including the regular Seventh-day Sabbath, were days that we were commanded by the Heavenly Father to come. And it was called a, basically a holy convocation, meaning a holy, a true gathering, where we would come and, and do sacrifices unto the Heavenly Father. But when you read the book of Hebrews, it tells you that all of those sacrifices were basically symbolic of, of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is why we're not performing animal sacrifices now. But we still keep those days in honor of the Heavenly Father in Christ. Okay. All right. Well, we are the Brothers of the Body of Christ Church, and we are sitting in our virtual living room discussing Happy New Year's Day. The Brothers from the Body of Christ Church in Buffalo, New York, would like to invite you to our Sabbath class held every Friday evening from 7.30 p.m. until 9.30 p.m. The location is 282 Winslow Avenue in Buffalo, New York. Once again, 7.30 to until 9.30 p.m. Location 282 Winslow Avenue in Buffalo, New York. So if you're in the Buffalo area, you're always welcome. Remember, Christ said in John 14 and 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Thank you. Hello and shalom. Join us for the Spanish version of the virtual living room presented by the Body of Christ Church every Saturday at 11.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. In the virtual living room, we will discuss topics as they pertain to repentance and how to obtain salvation. You can join us via internet at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash ICDC. Or you can call us at area code 347-994-3788. Hola y shalom para todos. Únete a nosotros en la sala virtual presentada por la Iglesia Cuerpo de Cristo los sábados a las 11 y media de la mañana hasta las 12 y media de la tarde. En la sala hablaremos sobre muchos temas relacionados al arrepentimiento y cómo obtener la salvación. Se nos puede unir a través de internet visitando www.blogtalkradio.com las ICDC o nos puede llamar al 1 347 
9994-3788. Gracias, que Dios por Cristo le bendiga. Thank you, and may the most high name of Christ bless you. Shalom. Shalom, this is the brother Akwala I with the Body of Christ Church. If you enjoyed today's program and you live in the Atlanta area, then we invite you to continue your studies with us by attending our weekly Sabbath class. Our Sabbath class will be taught every Saturday afternoon beginning at 4.30 p.m. If you'd like directions, please call us at 877-871-1712. That number once again is 877-871-1712. Now back to today's show. Oh, John. All right, welcome back to the virtual living room of the Body of Christ Church. Today we are discussing Happy New Year's Day, <laughs> unbelievably. Um, brothers, um, this whole thing about New Year's and about Janice and all that stuff, and I, I'll go to you with this one on, Jonathan. Um, is there anything wrong with New Year's aside from what we discussed so far, aside from the fact that it's at the wrong time of year and the fact that it's in worship of Janice? Well, the thing is, if it's any, the answer to the question is, if there's anything wrong with this, yes, it is, because if it's not of the Heavenly Father, then it's of man, and it's corrupt, and it's not of the will of the Heavenly Father. Um, I have Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 16. might be 8 and 21. Let's see. I'll tell you once I get there. 8 and Isaiah 8 and 21. Chapter 21. Well, brother, what's that to the law and to the testimony? Isaiah 8 and 20, brother. Okay, yeah. yeah. Isaiah 8 and 20, it says, to the law and to the testimony. If they speak not according to this, it is because there is no light in them. So the whole principle, the whole understanding behind what we know is New Year's on this side, when there's New Year's, the Chinese New Year, this New Year, that New Year, all of that stuff, according to the scriptures, if it's um, to the law and to the testimony, none of that is according to the words of the Heavenly Father, which is the law and to the testimony. And it says, if they speak not according to this word, it's because there's no light in them. So there's no light in that stuff. It's not of the Heavenly Father. And what's it going to do? It's going to arouse you and guide you to a life of wickedness and sin. In case with the New Year, what happens? The reveling, the drunk, the drunkenness, the, the sexism, the the, the orgies and everything else that follows that. The kissing. What you kissing the girl for? Are you going to engage to marry her and start a family with her? It could be somebody else's girlfriend, but you slob and kissing her and stuff. All that leads to fornication and adultery and to more and more sin. Wow. So, you know, if if you're involved in this, how do you get yourself, uh, I guess, unentangled, untangled? From this whole thing, the, the whole tradition and all that, because you know many people have been doing this for years upon years, and they've been taught how to do it. You know, is it just a snap of your fingers and you stop doing it, and everything is going to be fine, or is is are there some other things that you got to consider? Are there some some specific challenges that you need to deal with, and how do you go about dealing with it? You know, what's that whole process like, brothers? Well, well, the, 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 go ahead. I just like to well, read one I scripture. Say that um, the way you guide 
when you wade through all of this madness and corruption, it's easy. It's holding on to the words of Christ. Um, Christ said He's the light. He's the light, and you you get you come to that light of Christ, and you let Him guide you through this darkness and sin and corruption. And if you follow and stay disciplined in His words, in His doctrine, as it is written in the Holy Bible, that's that's why we always stress on this. On the on this show, according to the scriptures, according to the scriptures, according to what Christ says, because uh, which isn't um, we have another show coming. It's starting Tuesday. Um, do you know more than your pastor? Because that's a problem in this world. Men that's calling themselves men of the Lord or people in general are not following the Christ of the Bible and His words. But that show, you know, not to um, air off. That's going to be handled on Tuesday, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But the, okay. that, but the way you guide yourself through that is by the word, the witness, wickedness of this world is by what Christ said. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, excuse me. I actually got a scripture to go with that. And so, so now, you know, one of the things that happens leading up to New Year's Day, you know, a couple of days before, week before, is people are arranging to have parties and so forth. So, someone invites you to a New Year's party. Do you have to tell them I can't go, or can you go to the New Year's party and just don't get involved in all the shenanigans? Abaja, if you don't mind addressing that. Well, um, actually, there is, I believe it's First Corinthians, where where Paul was actually going into dealing with those things, because that actually touches on that would be no different than like a Christmas party or anything else, or like you know a Thanksgiving dinner or whatever. The Lord told us to come out of those things. And, you know, someone invited me to a New Year's party, I'd be like, no, thank you. And said, oh, well, why? You don't celebrate New Year's? No, it's, it's not according to the Bible. This is basically just that simple. It's not, you know, it didn't have to be a long, drawn-out thing. But um, I actually had a couple of scriptures just uh, right here. I, I just uh, just lost them. But, uh, yeah, to answer your question, no, you uh, that okay. we, we shouldn't... Uh, Associate ourselves, you know, with that thing. As a matter of fact, here it is. Um, do, 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 do. Here we go. Colossians two and eight. It says, "Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ." Because just because these are the things that we've been taught, you know, growing up. Because why? Those are the things that our parents have been taught. Those are the things that their parents have been taught all the way back. Mm-hmm. But the spirit of the Lord is going out and breaking down all of these lies, and those that hear his word and want to follow it, they're going to follow it. And they're going to grab hold of that and keep to it. And that's something that we have to do on a daily basis. And the primary way that we let our light shine is through our example. So, you know, when we're invited to those events or things like that, we just humbly decline. And, you know, we explain, people ask, we explain to them why. Because, you know, there are other things as far as traditions that people do around New Year's, too, that go into, you know, pe- you know bringing in so-called good luck for the new year. All of that stuff is, is vanity in the sight of the Heavenly Father, like the uh, typical dishes that you would see people cook on New Year's, like the black-eyed peas or the collard greens. Or okay. um, I think, Zach, you're familiar with a, a, a man has to be the first person to walk through your door during New Year's or... You have to clean your house out before the new year comes in. You don't wash your clothes on New Year's. It's, I mean, okay. all these different traditions and things that so-called are supposed to bring in good luck, our people gravitate to that like it's gospel. 
you know, but when you read the scriptures, our blessings come from keeping the commandments of the Heavenly Father. Okay. So now, um, if somebody were to say, hey, listen, we're having a party um, uh, tomorrow night, which happens to be the, the night of December 31st, I want you to come over. They never mentioned New Year's at all. They said we have a party. And can you go to that party? Is that okay? Well, that, that's up to every man to decide. But knowing the, the knowing what goes on during that time of the year, you know, that that would that that's up to that person to to uh, to make that decision. But the scriptures already told us, you know, about dealing with those things that are considered idolatry. Hey, Shalom, Hey, Kabar, Shalom, Most High Christ bless you. How are you today, brother? Doing doing well. How's the brothers and the sisters? Uh, we're do, doing great, bro. Um, it, I, I don't know how much of uh, the conversations uh, that you, you've heard so far, but, of course, we're talking about uh, uh, New Year's Day and the things that people do that um, – idolatrous, that are wrong, that are sinful, and oftentimes they're not aware of it. Um, any comments that you'd like to make on that at this point? Yeah, just on that last, the last question that you asked, brother, about, you know, uh, you know, if somebody does invite you to, uh, you know, a gathering or whatever, they don't mention New Year's or anything, but the thing right. is out of First Corinthians. The scriptures tell you to walk with wisdom toward those that are without redeeming the time, meaning uh, you have to operate according to the understanding the Lord has given you in the scriptures. Now, the person may not mention it. They may even know that you don't celebrate it. But, you know, there's many cunning devices out there. First Corinthians 6 and 12 tell you, all things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any, because we're only supposed to be brought under the power of power of Christ. So even though per se it may not be a, a direct breaking of the law, you have to look at the expediency of it. And that means will this act that you do bring further edification or or bring more confusion? And if it's going to con bring confusion as to uh, what you actually stand for or what the scriptures actually say or for me weaken the conscience of somebody who may think or thought you didn't participate in anything like that, and then see you at this type of event, uh, of course it may be something that's not expedient, and, and then, you know, you may that's something that you may have to forego because of uh, of the inexpediency of it. So, you know what I mean? It, like the brother said, your course is based on the situation, but is it expedient or not? We know we're not going to do anything that's going to break the commandments uh, willingly, so then you're looking at whether it's expedient or not, and if it's not expedient, Meaning, if it doesn't add to edification, then it's something that you you shouldn't be involved in. You should you should stay away from it. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, we do have another visitor to the virtual living room, and visitor, uh, it looks like you may be calling from Europe. I, I have a uh, number here four four two zero eight zero nine zero. If you would yeah, go ahead and give us your name, one. your question, or comment, please. It's Brother Godawan. Shalom to everybody. Oh, Shalom Godawan. I'm so used to seeing you you're on Skype, I couldn't be sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the thing for Skype isn't up there for some reason. I know um, BTR's been having some issues lately. 
But anyway, the, um, that scripture in First Corinthians, uh, it's in the tenth chapter, in the twenty-seventh verse. It says, "If any man, if any of them that believe not, bid you to a feast, and you be disposed to go, whatsoever is set before you, eat. Actually, no question for conscience' sakes." Verse twenty-eight. But if any man say unto you, "This is offered in sacrifice unto idols," eat not for his sake that showed it. And for conscience sake, for the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. So the, the scriptures that Kabar was pointing out is is all very relevant because we know, people don't know, that these things are done to idols. But we know, and if we partake in it, they're going to think that, hey, this guy, he follows the Bible, he's about Jesus Christ. They're going to they're gonna think that we're giving it the okay, the stamp of okay. Well, it's not yep. okay. And furthermore, you know, this is Isaiah, the second chapter, and the third verse. So many people saying, "Oh, what, what's wrong? With, what's wrong with you? Celebrate the New Year! Ain't, ain't hurt nobody. Ain't nothing wrong with that." Well, here's a future prophecy that the prophet Isaiah, the prophet of God, said. It says, "And many people, this is Isaiah, the second chapter, and the third verse. And many people shall go and say, Come ye, and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob.'" And he will teach us of his ways, and we walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. So when Christ come back, there ain't going to be no New Year celebration. There ain't going to be no fornicating. And the reason why these people are going to say, let's go forth, and let's go to the mountain of the Lord, let's go forth to Jerusalem, because what? The Lord Jesus Christ. It's going to take the world by force. And I'm going to read this, and I'm going to give it back to you guys. This is Revelations, the 19th chapter. And I'm going to start from the, the 11th verse. It says, And I saw, I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew. But he himself, and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name was called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth go up a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations. Why is he going to smite the nations? Because they're all ungodly nations. That's why they worship such customs, which the scripture says, what, the gods of the nations or idols, all the gods of the nations are idols. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he tread the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of the Almighty God. So we little stupid, foolish people that's not celebrating all these days and everybody else, we're getting ready, like Christ said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So when Christ comes, he's going to set everything straight, everything in order. Ain't going to be none of this foolishness that's going on now. So we seem like the foolish ones for not going along with running into the the madness that people is going to come. There's going to be war, and there's going to be blood he's going to shed, and he's going to kill, he's going to set these nations in order. Okay. Well, brother, I, I definitely appreciate you bringing that out, and thank you for, uh, you know, dropping by into the virtual living room with us today. Um, <clears throat> brother Kazakia, Um mm-hmm. These things that you're bringing out about um, Janus, you know, people, uh, Janus being uh, the god who is being worshipped on 
January 1st in the month of January, I guess. Um, is is that kind of what Jesus was talking about in um, uh, John 4, chapter, when he said, you, you know not what you worship, we know what we worship? That's, that's, that's somewhat different. Uh, uh, the more the, the more uh, apt, applicable scripture to use in this particular context is uh, actually it's in the uh, chat, First Thessalonians five twenty two, uh, where it says abstain from all appearance of evil. So now the overall point of of the scripture and why that scripture came up is this: uh, if if anybody's listening to the show, if anybody. Uh, or even listen to it in the archives. They hear this show. It now it becomes their responsibility to first and foremost repent, and at the same time go and research these things that we're talking about and find out for yourself. And then, upon repenting and following Christ and understanding the true nature of not only New Year's, not only New Year's, but also say Christmas, Easter, Thanksgiving. Valentine's Day, so forth and so on, and once you understand that all these days are grounded and based in uh, idolatry, then it becomes your responsibility to 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 apply the scriptures and 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 be that example of Christ and abstain from all the parents of evil. Okay. Hey, sorry, can I um address something real quick? Because I was looking at uh, in the chat room was uh the person uh, James R. Brayshaw. And uh, yeah, it's a very good question. He says, "Isn't it possible to be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They went to a state-sanctioned, man-made celebration, but they refused the worship expression of a man that was encouraged by the system." That was a question. And when you look at the example of how our four, those those brothers dealt our forefathers, you saw like with um, an example with uh, Joseph. You saw an example with uh, Mordecai in the Book of Esther. Okay, even with uh, Daniel. You had a lot of our people during the diff- those different captivities when we weren't in our own land and were ruled over by you know another nation, where they didn't stray from the commandments of the heavenly Father, and they stood strong in those things. Um, so I'm going to read. I'm going to go back to First Corinthians to uh, the tenth chapter because the Daiwan had actually read the beginning part of it. Kabar read some out of it, but there's still some more to go into to actually you know directly answer the brother's question here. Because he says, didn't Yeshua hang out with drunks and prostitutes the odd times so much that those watching him called him a wine bib or a drunk? Yeah, but what was he teaching them? He was not there feeling up on the on the prostitutes and drinking with the drunkards. He was correcting them by his example and his words. So, and and the thing was, they came to him. <laughs> that's the thing. They came to him. So it's not like that. That's not to say that okay, you know what? I got to go out here to the drunks and the wine bibbers. I'm gonna go out here to the street corners. And you know where the where the uh, prostitutes hang out, and I'm gonna go preaching to him and, and to them because the scriptures tell you about casting your pearl before pearl before the swine, and about you know dealing with this uh, word and wisdom. But the main point I wanted to address, he said, the passage you speak of in its regards to being sensitive to those who are affected by our actions because they are the weak brother. He said it is possible to not expect a hard and fast rule, but to a Jew, but to be a Jew to a Jew and a Gentile to the Gentiles. And the thing is, when when Paul was saying, uh, addressing the whole thing about, you know, to the Jews I became a Jew and to the Gentiles, basically becoming, it, it really goes into dealing with people on their level, but you're not going into 
committing the same acts that they're doing. Okay, so that's not saying, you know what, if I want to deal with a person that's, that's a drunkard, I, I have to go get drunk with them. I got to find out what that's about. No, that's not what that's saying. But I want to go to address the point in First uh, Corinthians, the 10th chapter, because we started up at verse 27. Because this chapter tells us how to deal with those things that are offered into idols. Mm-hmm. It says 10 and 27. It says, if any man, if any of them that believe not bid you to a feast and ye be disposed to go, whatsoever is set before you, eat, asking no question for conscience' sake. And, and believe so, not. That, is that, does that mean to someone who, who's not in Christ? Exactly. Okay. I mean, just for like, because you actually posed the you actually posed the question because it's gonna it's gonna go down further and uh, explain the difference between those that believe and those that are weak in the faith, so forth and so on. Okay. But the point of the matter is, it says it says you'd be disposed to go. Okay. Like the example, like the brothers Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, like you said, a state-sanctioned feast was okay. This is something that the job, so-called, I'm disposed to go. Okay, fine. So now, but the thing is, it says whatsoever is set before you eat, asking no question for conscience' sake, and it's going to tell you what the question is dealing with. Twenty-eight. But if any man say unto you. This is offered in sacrifice unto idols. Eat not for his sake that showed it, showing you the unbeliever, because that was the person in the previous verse that bid you to the feast. And it says, and for conscience sake, for the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. Now 29, conscience I say not thine own, but of the other. For why is my liberty judged of another man's conscience? So the thing is, is that, when he says, why is my liberty judged of another man's conscience, that's not saying that we can eat anything and everything that we want to. We have to do those according to the commandments of the Heavenly Father. But what that's going into is showing that we have to, at all times, be conscious of the example that we set forth. Because when you read further down, it's basically going to show that by us partaking of that food that has now been made known to us, that is offered unto idols, oh, well, this is for Thanksgiving. We're sitting down at the table. All right. Um, Lord, we want to give thanks to you for this Thanksgiving turkey, blah, blah, blah. Now now things change. Now things have changed. Mm-hmm. Why? He says, yep. conscious, I say, not of thine own, but of the other. Because what that does is that basically people will see that and say, well, this is a man of God. He's sitting down and he's celebrating Thanksgiving. He's celebrating New Year's. He's celebrating Easter. So the scriptures tells us how to deal with that. You know what, and also, um, this saw a few points on a point where uh, when the scripture says, a man, any man bid you to a feast and you'll be disposed to go, that word disposed simply means you attend or you have a desire or you want to go. Now, the, the thing is that many people will bid you to a dinner or a feast or whatever, you may not know all, all the ramifications or all the details behind it. You just know that somebody's inviting you to a gathering. And uh-huh. all the scriptures, the scriptures just let you know. Now, when the, when the full ramifications of the purpose and everything starts to be revealed, then at that point you have to make a decision. But at the beginning, you may you may not know what the what all of the uh, ramifications may be. Also, also the other point that uh, the the the, um, the poster made in the um, the chat room about becoming a Jew to a Jew or a Gentile to a Gentile, uh, those who are unlearned 
um, arrest the scriptures either intentionally or unintentionally to make that seem to believe that you go into whatever practices, basically, when in Rome, do as the Romans do, and that's not what the scripture is telling you to do. The scripture just letting you know it goes right back into all things are lawful to me, but all things are not expedient. Meaning the brother Paul was simply letting you know, I keep the commandments anywhere I'm at. It's just that I'm not going to talk to a Gentile about things that concern the Jews, okay? I have to deal uh -huh. with them on things that they understand. So as I teach the gospel of Christ, I'm doing it according to what's expedient, meaning the, the Jews are weak on the understanding of Christ. So he taught them Christ. The Gentiles was weak on the, weak on the understanding of the law, so he taught them the law. And vice versa. And this is where he basically, how he basically dealt with wherever he was. He applied what was necessary at the time. Now, how do we know that? Ephesians chapter 11 and verse, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 11 tells us what? And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Now, who wrote that? The same brother Paul. He's telling you, yes, just like Christ when he's around uh, uh, sinners and publicans, he didn't sin and do like the publicans and try to rob people, but he did what? He rather reproved the works of darkness, meaning he was around them showing them the proper example through word and deed. So it's not do what everybody else is doing. It's, yes, you're around them so that you, so that you can and for the purpose of setting the right example. And that's all we're talking about here. Right, and and that's the, that's a very important thing because I know we're short on time, but the, the thing about it is, you know, as far as teaching the Bible goes, we teach a lot more through our example than trying to beat people upside the head with the with the scriptures and saying, oh, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do this, y'all gonna burn in hell, you don't do this. It's not about that. We teach more through our example and the application of the scriptures through Jesus Christ than anything else. Okay. All right. Well, um, so let's let's go a little bit more into um, th that person that is trying to repent of this. You know, we already talked about you know somebody being invited to various things, but suppose you suppose it's not a thing about an invitation. You actually live in the house of somebody. Suppose you uh, uh, here, here's a sister who's married to a man. Now she sees that this is wrong. He doesn't understand that, and now she. Uh, doesn't want to observe uh, New Year's, but this man is like, hey, listen, we're going to a party. What do you do? I mean, that, how do you handle that kind of situation? You, you know you're not supposed to go to the party. You not you don't want to go, but you have a husband that does want to go. Well, First Corinthians 7 um, talks, talks tells about how to deal in marriages where you have a believing spouse and an unbelieving spouse. Okay. And I'm going to read this real quick because I see that we're very short on time. First uh, Corinthians 7, um, do, 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 verse 12. Okay, you want to go to 13 and 14? Oh, you start, start at verse 12 or 5, brother. I was trying to teach you to the point point. Okay. Here it is, 17 and 12. It says, but to the rest speak I, not the Lord. Now, mind you, this is not Paul giving his own commandments. Okay, when he says to the rest speak I, not the Lord, this is going into the wisdom of the scriptures and the application of the understanding of Christ. So it is the Lord speaking. But to the rest speak I, not the Lord, if any brother hath a wife that believe not, and she be pleased to dwell with him, let him not put her away. And the woman which hath an husband that believeth not, 
And if he be pleased to dwell with her, let her not leave him. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Else were your children unclean, but now are they holy. Verse 15. But if the unbelieving depart, let him depart. A brother or a sister is not under bondage in such cases, but God hath called us all to peace. So what that's saying, we have to bring out something very quick. When it says that please to be dwell, please to dwell with them, that's not talking about where it's always a constant battle where the husband is trying, or the one spouse is trying to establish a commandment and live that way, and the other one is like basically to hell with it. Because otherwise it says else were your children unclean, meaning now you have those two different doctrines going on in the household. That please to be dwell means that they don't understand it fully, but they're working on trying to get their act together according to the scriptures. Now, as far as, you know, dealing with the whole uh, issue of, well, when do I get, you know, when do I separate myself? That, that there's no hard, fast, blanket case statement for that. The scripture tells us how to deal with that when you have a believing spouse and an unbelieving spouse. You deal with them according to the scriptures. First, by what? Applying the scriptures yourself and being that example to your spouse and to your children. And from that, that's how that person is either going to be sanctified, meaning they're going to start to make that change and apply it themselves, or they're going to depart. Let me just make sure I understand you clearly. You're saying this whole thing about January 1st being celebrated as New Year's is so serious that potentially a marriage could break up over it? Well, marriages have broken up over uh, far fewer less serious things than a holiday. But the thing is, is that the Lord has called us to repentance. And he said that what? That we have to, that, uh, what's that about? Uh, he that honors father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. So the Lord is requiring us, that, that's what was required of us in order to repent to Christ. It's like, listen, I'm going to serve this for me and my household. We're going to serve the Heavenly Father in Christ. And that's a decision right, that everyone has to make for themselves. Okay. Well, brothers, thank you so much for uh, bringing clarification to this whole thing about celebrating uh, New Year's Day. Um, uh, thanks to everybody who's listening in. Thanks to those in the chat room. Uh, but most of all, thanks to the Most High and His Son, Christ. Brothers and sisters, thank you for visiting with us in the virtual living room of the Body of Christ Church. You can visit our website at thebocc.com or you can email us at bodyofchrist at newreach.com or call us at 877-871-1712. Until our next visit, the Most High in the name of Christ bless you. Shalom. Thank you.